Welcome to the Experience Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. So this podcast episode is uh, something of an annual tradition for us here on the Experience Darden Podcast. Uh, whenever there is a new DSA, Darden Student Association leadership, we like to reach out to the president and executive vice president right after they've been elected and say, hey, would you come on the show and share your stories and your experiences with our listeners? And well, such is the uh, reason for this particular podcast episode. We recently caught up with the newly elected DSA president and executive vice president, Tyler Kelly and Mariah Horner to talk more about their backgrounds, their MBA journeys, what led them to Darden, and of course, what they have planned for the Darden Student Association in the coming year. This is one of my favorite episodes we have ever done. Such a good conversation. They're both such interesting people. And like most DSA leaders, they have a bold vision for where they'd like to go in the coming year. So without further ado, here's my interview with Tyler Kelly and Mariah Horner. Tyler, Mariah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. It's great to have you here. Um, we're still relatively young as far as podcast goes, and yet we have tried in our own small way to establish some traditions. Uh, one of those traditions is when there are new DSA leaders elected, we reach out to those folks and say, would you like to come here on the Experience Darden podcast and share your story and talk about your vision for the future? And uh, such is the uh, reason for, for this conversation. You're recently elected DSA leaders. Tyler, recently elected president of the Darden Student Association, and Mariah, recently elected executive vice president of the DSA. Uh, let me begin by congratulating you. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right. Well, um, how does it feel, Tyler, uh, to to be at this po- be at this point? You're, you're recently elected. Are you still basking in the glow, um, doing a, doing a victory lap of sorts? Yeah, it feels really good and and kind of awkward a little bit. Um, I every time I walk through the hallways, I'm like saying hi to everyone left and right, and it kind of feels like I'm like a mini celebrity. But it's been really awesome to you know, feel the love and support from my peers and to know that they believe in Mariah and I. And, and for us, really, it was a matter of like, we want to work with you to make this school even better than it is. And so um, it certainly is an honor for sure. All right, Mariah, how does it feel? Are you also um, walking the hall saying hello to everybody, uh, greeting your constituents? Yeah, it's been exciting. Um, I've been really humbled by the number of people that have come up to congratulate me that maybe I haven't met before. Uh, really overwhelmed by the the kindness and support that we've received and super looking forward to opportunities to get to know more and more people in our class. All right, we'll, we'll talk more about your political stories uh, later in the conversation. So we'll come back around uh, to the DSA and how you decided to run and what you see uh, for what you're planning for the year ahead. But first, let's learn about you. Uh, Tyler, I'd like to start with you. So tell us a little bit more about you and your background. Yes. Yeah, so I'm originally from Anderson, Indiana, which is a small town in Indiana. I spent half of my life in Indianapolis, and then I left Indianapolis to go to Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana, where I was initially a neuroscience pre-med student. I did that for three years and eventually discovered that that was not for me. And then I changed my major to psychology which I always knew that I loved, but, you know, people will often tell you, you know, if you get a psychology degree, like you're not going to be able to find a job. And so that kind of deterred me, but I changed my major anyway and absolutely loved it. 
got involved in a research lab, started studies, started studying stereotyping and prejudice. Um, and my, my love for people and students and advocacy really grew from that experience. And then shortly after graduating from undergrad, I actually started working at a high school. And then I later transitioned to work in higher education back at Indiana University, um, working at a business school, and then later serving as director of admissions and recruiting for the School of Global and International Studies. Um, more personally, I am here in Charlottesville with my wife and our puppy named Crimson, named after I use colors crimson and cream. And a fun fact about me, I'll give two fun facts. Um, one, I have been on national television three times dancing. Um, and I always like to boast about this because she's absolutely amazing. But my wife was actually first runner up at Mrs. America this past March. And so um, there's always a lot going on in the Kelly house, but always a lot of fun. I'm just trying to process all the information that you just <laughs> shared, Tyler. Wait, you've been on national TV three times? Yes, three times. Now, I'll say that though I was on there to dance, I do not consider myself a dancer. I was always the weaker link in the group, but I can put on a show. Can you tell us, like, where might we have recently seen you? Were you on the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show? Like, is that what we're talking about here? So funny story. So I wasn't in Super Bowl ever, but I do have a friend that I used to dance with that actually danced in the Super Bowl this year. Um, but I was on BET's 106 in Park while out Wednesday, which it, it used to be a, a video countdown show when they would have... Um, dance competitions on Wednesdays. And so my dance team was able to go on three different occasions when I was in high school and, and twice in college. You don't have to tell me about 106 and Park. And I used <laughs> to watch that after school all the time. Yeah. Right. Must see TV. Oh Most my gosh. Definitely. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to continue to process all the information that you just shared, but we also should hear from Mariah too. So Mariah, tell us more about you. And, and I really appreciate like. Tyler, you, you wove in the fun facts. It's a real pro podcast guest move. So Mariah, maybe maybe throw in a fun fact too. I'll see, I'll see what I can do. Um, so I am also from a small town. I grew up in Rexburg, Idaho, a small town in Southeast Idaho, kind of a rural farming potato community. I went to school there. I got my undergraduate degree at Brigham Young University, Idaho, uh, studied economics. I really like the people side of economics, focusing on behavior and uh, human capital and labor. So I did a lot of research on economics of education, went and did a little bit of research on public education uh, post-graduating, but I found that sitting in a desk and researching wasn't quite vibing with how I like to work. I really like working with people. So I transitioned and worked for the Boeing company for about four years um, in Salt Lake City, Utah, kind of working in operations and program management. So that was really fun for me. I actually took a leave of absence in the middle and lived in Taiwan for about 18 months as a volunteer a missionary for my church, which was a super fun experience. Really loved working with people there. Uh, kind of loved this theme of me finding that the way I like to work is with people and business is, is a place that that can be done. So really excited to come here to Darden. Uh, I'm doing the dual degree program here, which has been really good. Kind of weaving in that education interest that Tyler and I both share. Uh, yeah, I have not been on national television and I'd like to keep it that way, I think personally, <laughs> but I, I have really enjoyed opportunities here, um, kind of reflect on our differences and difference coming from like a rural background and, um, finding people with different, uh, backgrounds and interests than me. This has been really enjoyable. And I should also add that Mariah is an amazing singer and I was able to be blessed by her voice last night at the Asian gala. Um, so she's, she's a bit humble, but she's actually amazing. 
<laughs> Thanks, Tyler. All right, Mariah. I'm a music fan. Do you have any uh, vocal idols? Anybody that you really admire when you think about vocalists? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, there's so many. I love Adele. I love trying to sing Adele. <laughs> Keyword trying. Um, last night at the gala, I, I sang a song by it's an, a Japanese American singer songwriter, Kina Granis. Um, I really enjoy her work. It's kind of indie folkish. Um, yeah, there's. I think those are two kind of the people that I, that I maybe try to sing, sing their pieces the most. Last time I saw Adele, she was on, on national television, speaking of yeah. national TV, sitting <laughs> front uh, row at the NBA All-Star Game. That is oh, how yes. you know you have status. Um, so, yeah, and looking like a million bucks. Looks incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, celebrities, they have access to different technologies different clothes, like it's, it's so many things uh, there. But um, she, um, I have never seen her live. People joke about her live show where it's like half of her singing, half her talking, like she's apparently very, very chatty live, which that mm-hmm. um, sounds entertaining. She seems like an interesting lady, so. Yeah, for sure. What's your fun fact? Um, another fun fact, I guess, in addition to playing the guitar and singing, I also play the organ. So that, that that's kind of fun. It's a very big, loud instrument. Um, probably the loudest I ever am was when I'm playing the organ. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I will say a couple things. Uh, one, first Idahoan we've had here on the podcast. Big day <laughs> for us as we try to cover the U.S., uh, cover all the states. Um, and then I don't know if we've had an organist. So um, checking multiple boxes here. Um, so, <laughs> I all right. organist at your service. <laughs> All right. Well, Mariah, I want to stay with you for this next question. So um, sounds like you'd had a couple of steps along your professional journey uh, before coming to business school, but how did you decide that an MBA is what you wanted to do? Yeah. So I think kind of alluding to what I said before, um, I really wanted to work in situations where I worked with people to get things done. And I really enjoyed that at the Boeing company. Um, And I could have stayed there, but I found myself not being the most passionate about aerospace um, in, in particular. So the MBA seemed like a really good opportunity for me to strengthen those people skills and strengthen those kind of operational skills that I've developed as part of my career and also give me an, a chance to industry hop. So kind of coming in, I was thinking about industry hopping into education or nonprofit work. And I felt like the MBA really gave me the, you know, quote unquote teeth to be able to make that switch and give myself um, a solid degree behind which to stand and in seeking to industry hop instead of kind of staying in the aerospace space. Well, and you mentioned you were in the MBA master's of education dual degree program. How did you decide that you wanted to do not one degree, but two degrees? Yeah. So I I found interest before I kind of came to my MBA conclusion, I had considered doing a master's in education. um, And that kind of came from my roots. And a lot of my research I did in my undergrad was focused on economics of education, um, student performance, school policy and whatnot. And I particularly was excited to see that a couple schools offer that dual degree. I thought it was a really interesting way to kind of combine, you know, maybe the the impact and focus on on human capital slash educational opportunities and equity and connecting it with a lot more of the hard skills there. It feels like it's the dual degree that we've had uh, most represented here on the podcast. We've talked to uh, a number of folks from uh, the MBA, Masters of Education, dual degree. We've also talked to uh, at least one student from the MBA Master's of Data Science program. We've had an MBA JD. Uh, there's still some dual degrees out there we, we, need to, we need to cover, but we're slowly making our way through. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, Tyler, how about you? You mentioned this journey of like thinking about neuroscience and then shifting to psychology and then being in higher education. Um, how did you decide that the MBA was the right step for you? Yeah, you know, for me, if I'm being honest, I'd never saw business in my path. You know, for me, I'm a first gen college grad from a low income home, primarily black environment. And so when I thought of business, I thought of white men in suits in accounting, finance and maybe marketing. And so for me, it didn't ever feel like a place for me. Um, and I also have dreadlocks. And so um, even the way that I look, it didn't feel right. Um, but I remember working at a business school at, at Indiana University and I was there for about five years and in engaging with the students, I was able to see all of the opportunities that you know were opening up to them as a result of pursuing business degrees. Um, and I was able to see very clearly that business isn't just for one person, that it's for everyone and that it actually is the baseline for all that we see in the world in, in many ways. And so I began to kind of do some exploration and it was actually my former supervisor who, you know, at that point in time, I thought like Mariah, that I was gonna get um, a degree in education, a master's degree in education. And she said, you know what, Tyler, why don't you consider a, a business degree? So I continued to do some research. And as I thought about it, that degree seemed to make the most sense because it would give me the most flexibility. Um, having worked in education, I knew that I could always go back into education, but then with a business degree, I could also you know, take my skills to corporate or elsewhere. And so for me, I saw it as a launching pad to kind of build in some technical skills, meet some new people, I know business schools are notorious for having diverse communities and people from different backgrounds. And that's something that's really important to me. And so I just thought through, you know, what can I do that would set me up for success? One, financial security, two, and three, flexibility. And so that kind of brought me here today. And, and just like Mariah, I too am a dual degree student in the Masters of Education program as well. And so um, I kind of see myself being able to kind of merge my passion for people and education as I kind of see that as a key um, to unlock opportunities for people. And then the business side of things has kind of given me some credibility in order to be able to make some of those big changes. Because I really think that in many ways, businesses have a lot of capacity um, and resources to, to push some of the social change that, that I want to see in the world. All right. Well, thank you both for, for sharing uh, that part of your stories uh, with us. I imagine for our listeners, a lot of what you just shared resonates. And that's one of the things that I really enjoy about the podcast is like, just hearing other people talk about why they decided to pursue an MBA, how they went through this kind of weighing options and thinking about what they could do and then arriving saying, yes, uh, this degree makes sense. I, I feel like different parts of each person's story probably resonates with somebody out there. And Tyler, I'll note uh, for you, um, heavy Indiana representation on the podcast here in 2022. Just had wow. second year student uh, Kate Allen on here talking about about Darden Cup. So like it's an Indiana takeover. Apparently, I love a, Kate. She's my second year coach. <laughs> all right. Yeah. She talked about being a second year coach too, which is such a cool program. So I want to stay with you, Tyler, and talk a little bit more about how you ended up at Darden. Um, how did you decide that not only did you want to go get an MBA, but Darden was the place that you wanted to pursue your MBA? Yeah. So I remember being at a consortium um, recruiting event, learning about all the schools and the consortium. And um, I just so happened to, you know, find myself at the Darden table. And if I'm being honest, I had never heard of University of Virginia, nor had I heard of Darden. And so, um, you know, I, I started having a conversation with the diversity director at the time. And, you know, Charlottesville, that name really stood out to me. And so we were able to have a really in-depth conversation there. And, 
And then I was able to learn about the case method. And I got really excited about the case method and its opportunity to learn in a classroom from, from your peers and to think about making decisions as managers and as leaders. And that was really important to me because I see myself as a leader and I see myself being in leadership roles in the future. And I felt like this would be a degree and specifically a program that was setting me up for that. Um, and so shortly after all of that, I actually visited Darden. I visited a variety of schools and I had the most amazing time here. Um, of all the schools that I visited, this was the place where I felt like I could be my true authentic self. Um, for me, I have often found myself in spaces surrounded by people who don't look like me and don't come from backgrounds like mine. And so sometimes that leads to a level of imposter syndrome and insecurity. And even though that was somewhat the case when I visited Darden at that time, at least, um, I didn't feel that way. I felt like this was a place where I will be supported, um, where I would learn and grow. I also was aware, I became aware too of Darden's academic rep uh, reputation, which was also important to me. And then the final thing that I'll note is that when I was applying, there were a bunch of signals that Darden sent to me that meant a lot. And so in the application, when I applied, there was an essay question basically asking about diversity. That was, uh, that was key for me. There was also an essay question asking about your family background. And that was really important because there have been some really challenging moments in my life that have helped define who I am today and, and even serve as the baseline for what I want to do and the change that I want to see in the world. And so the fact that they would ask about that showed me that this is a place that genuinely cares and wants to um, bring in a diverse class and, and that they have the, the resources to be inclusive. Um, and then the final thing within that is that Darden was one of the only schools that had a need-based scholarship. And so that sent another signal to me that they're intentionally seeking out those lower income students, so students from first gen backgrounds. And so from those things, I knew that this is a place where I could come and thrive and I ultimately want to go into consulting, at least in the short term. And so um, this was a school that I knew was also really good with the consulting. And so here I am now. Well, we still have those questions in the application, and we think that they're really important questions um, for the signaling value and also in terms of what we learn uh, about candidates. I will say the family background question, I think if we had our full admissions team on here, they would tell you that has been such an incredibly insightful question. We learned so much about candidates and so much about their story. And it's one of these things when you start asking that question and see the information coming back, you can't imagine how you didn't ask it before. Like what you were missing out on in just terms of understanding people's stories. And obviously people can't share everything about themselves in the application, but um, that has been such an incredible question. And obviously diversity and inclusion question that we ask, there's actually a choice for applicants this year and they choose the particular prompt that they feel you know best kind of aligns with their experiences. But the the category question is still there. And we think that it works two ways, right? We, we are signaling that this is something that's an important value here and candidates have an opportunity to share um, their experiences too. Um, and so, all right. Well, Tyler, thank you for sharing uh, that. And Mariah, I want to come to you. Same question. Um, why, why Darden for you? Yeah, um, one reason for me is I, I only applied to programs that offered the dual degree, the MBA, master's in education. Um, and then similar with Tyler, I, I had the opportunity to come visit campus or visit grounds, as we call them, uh, and meet other students that were considering Darden. It's also meet a lot of faculty administration. It's hard for me to describe, but it was just a certain vibe that I really appreciated. I think it was a vibe of inclusion. It was a vibe of non-elitism. Um, 
it, it's definitely, it was a new, I'm the first in my family to kind of, kind of go out East, kind of the farthest away from our, our small town. Um, and thinking through, you know, kind of this new ground, it felt like a place to be very supportive of me as someone who just recently figured out like how New England and like the East coast down to the South, like where all the cities are, had my geography is awful. Um, so that was really big. It was the feeling that I got when I visited grounds. Uh, it was a dual degree program and it was also the case study method. I wanted a program that would be academically challenging for me. Um, I wanted to be challenged. I wanted to learn. I didn't want to, the, I didn't want the degree as a way to get a job. I wanted to learn. Um, and I knew that was something that I would have an opportunity to do here at Darden. And uh, yeah, those, those are the main things, uh, inclusion, the case study method, and really just the vibe has been really appreciated by me. Was it a very intentional choice to come East and sort of venture out in this kind of pioneering way? You mentioned this is the first time anyone in your family has done this. Yeah, um, a little. I, I was open to a few on the West Coast, but I definitely wanted to go to a, a more, I mean, Charlottesville is not a larger city, but a, a, either a larger city or a completely new area. And Tyler, you mentioned uh, being first generation. Um, how, how does how does that feel to you as you, not only college, but now a, gra a graduate program and into an MBA program? Yeah, you know, there are multiple feelings that I feel with it. You know, some some of those feelings are a little negative, right? Like a little overwhelming of like, I'm still figuring this out. But then on the other side of it is I feel super supported, generally speaking. And I am creating a trail for, for my peers and family members and people from where I'm from to hope to see themselves and, and say, you know what, I have a dream. I'm going to go for that dream. I'm not going to allow my circumstances or my background to, to dictate where I go. And so I get a lot of energy knowing that, you know, me being one of the first ones doesn't mean that I have to be the last. Yeah. I, lo I love that idea. The idea that if you can see it, you can, you can be it. And, yeah. um, that is uh, is a very powerful thing. So um, you're now, gosh, I'm, I'm looking at the calendar here. You're almost to the end of your of your first year. It's not not quite over, but spring break is coming. And then after spring break, it's like, oh, man, it's almost the summer. So um, how's it been going, Mariah? Um, how are you feeling? How's first year been? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been really great for me. Uh, obviously, learning a lot of new things, having challenges. Um, the election was a really fun yet stressful time for us. Um, for me, one thing I've been reflecting on, we had a couple opportunities. Um, the BBSA, the Black Business Student Association, put on the Black Business Experience Month events this, this month to kind of focus in on the, the experience of Black students in our community. And we hosted an event within our section, um, those who we go to class with each day, talking about um, how to be more inclusive and how to have better empathy and be better allies. And it, it caused me to reflect for me, being from a, a rural town, being from a town that's primarily uh, white and monocultural, um, I'm mixed race. My, my mom is Chinese. My dad is white. And for me, Darden has been one of the most diverse places that I've been able to be in. And that has been a really special opportunity for me to find people that have similar experiences being mixed race um, to also connect with other people of color um, in ways that I hadn't had opportunities to do before. Um, so, you know, outside of academics and outside of career and all of that, for me, that's been huge um, and something that's been life-changing and really helpful for me. Um, side note, you know, academics, 
going fine. <laughs> and it's it's going good to have the support we need. I, I've enjoyed our classes and and our stuff there. And you know, career me personally, I've been able to kind of put that on the back burner a little after after working a lot early on in the year to do stuff like that. So kind of coming in on a new phase as we as we move into Q4 um, and moving into our positions here, which I think it'll be a little different than the first three quarters that we've had, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I started to get the sense as I talk with first-year students at, at this particular juncture in the calendar that things are shifting a bit and in a positive direction, right? You're start, you're approaching electives and then obviously second year is all electives. And one of the storylines that we've really followed here on the podcast is that, you know, second year students own their time more. And so they're very intentionally choosing how they want to spend their time. And a big part of that story is uh, what we're going to touch on just a little bit later about, you know, leadership and extracurricular engagement, particularly for y'all with uh, your, your roles on the DSA. And so Tyler, um, I want to also check in with you and see how first year has gone. How has it been? Yeah, um, I would describe first year as a roller coaster. Um, and I will note that I love roller coasters. So um, though it's been up and down and I've had some challenges, um, it's been a wild ride that I've loved thus far. I was just talking to my wife last night as we left the Asian Gala and I couldn't imagine not being in business school. I couldn't imagine not being at Darden. Um and, you know, for me, academics have certainly been challenging coming from a non-business background, having never worked in business, have almost never taken a business class. Um, it can be tricky and learning through the case method is, is a new experience. And so that comes with its challenges. But thankfully, there is support. And, and Mariah and I, and we'll talk about this more, right? But we want to see even more support. Um, so you have that side of things, career. Um, I got a lot of support there. Um, that was a grueling time for sure. Um, but you know, it ended well. And so I'm happy about that. And then socially, I've met some really cool people. Um, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but going to business school similar to Mariah was, it was important that I was able to meet people from backgrounds not like mine. And I've been able to do that on all levels, people who don't, maybe I don't agree with politically, people who um, come from different countries, people who come from different races and uh, orientations, et cetera, and have been able to develop some deep relationships with them. And that's made my time all the more richer. And that, and also people have accepted my wife, like she's almost probably more popular than I am. Um, you would think that she's a Darden student. And so it's been a great family affair for all of us. We did an episode in Gosh, it feels like forever ago. It's probably a couple of years ago at this point uh, with some of the members of the Darden Partners Association. And they talk so much about how just how much activity they were doing around the business school and coming to events and how people were so open and welcoming of them. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that that's uh, it's remained a tradition that, that your wife is also taking full advantage of being a member of the Darden community as well. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I want to pause just real quick and ask about the gala. Like, how, how was the gala? Like, I was on a call with somebody yesterday and they were like, oh, we've got the gala tonight. I was like, a gala? Like, I'm, I'm sitting here in the D.C. area, so, I, you know, I, I, I couldn't attend, but I, I am curious. How, how was it? Um, Tyler, sounds like yeah, a good time. Definitely. Um, it was amazing. Like, I honestly, I found myself getting emotional on several different occasions because it was so special to see the diversity just from the Asia continent. But to also see the diversity from Americans and other students from different continents and countries represented and present. Um, it was a beautiful time. And I look forward to more to more events like that for sure. Mariah, you also performed 
Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So it was great. It was also really stressful for me, <laughs> but I'm glad we did it. Yeah. I, um, I appreciate the opportunity to, to celebrate Asian culture from the perspective of an Asian American. Um, that was special for me and kind of reflect on some things that, you know, my mother taught me. Um, so it was really fun. And then we got to, uh, there was a runway. So after some performances, they had a professional photographer there and people could do runway pictures. And I, Chi Pao is like a traditional Chinese dress. And I hadn't had one until this year. I bought it for um, another garden event, the holiday ball. And it was fun to have another reason, reason to wear it and like celebrate my heritage in that way in a space that felt really safe to do so. Wow. A runaway. That sounds yeah. exciting. Um, so yeah, not so, so not just your average Thursday evening. Uh, it, it sounds like so, um, all right. Well, I have a little bit of envy right now, but uh, such is the life of a podcast host, uh, asking people about what they've been up to. So um, let's talk about uh, your summer plans. Uh, do you know what you're doing um, this summer? Have you, fig have you figured it out? We, you both passed in, mentioned in passing the career search process, and I wonder where, where that stands. Tyler, uh, you know what you're doing this summer? Yes, I do. So I will be going into consulting this summer. I'll be at Deloitte in their Arlington, Virginia office in their government public service practice. So super excited. My wife and I ultimately want to end up in D.C. post-graduation. And so, um, you know, this will be a good way to one, get our feet wet in that area geographically, but two, for me to start getting some experience in the consulting world. Well, hello, neighbor, then. I mean, they're basically <laughs> like two blocks from our space here in Roslyn, uh, where I'm currently sitting. So yeah. uh, I, know, I know that building. And uh, fun fact for our executive MBA program, uh, the first section of executive MBA students that we ever had uh, actually started their journey uh, as a section at the top of that building. That's where we wow. used to have class. So yes, we, we all know that building well. How about you, Mariah? Have you, uh, have you figured out your summer yet? Yes. Yeah. It took, uh, I, I took the long way around. I had a lot of different things I was exploring at the beginning, looking into a lot of nonprofit work. Um, but for this summer, I have decided um, I'll be going to the Bain, Bain and Company um, in Austin, Texas in a consulting position. So very excited. I can honestly tell you that when I showed up to Darden, I did not know what quote unquote consulting was. <laughs> I still maybe don't quite know yet, but I'm really yep. looking forward to it. Sounds about right. <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, that's one of the things that we try to be conscious of as admissions folks, right? A lot of, once people get into MBA programs, the kinds of jobs they talk about, industries, there's all these shorthands and like a lot of people don't know what these things are and maybe are a little bit nervous to ask. And so a podcast is helpful also to kind of maybe demystify at least to a certain extent what, what this might be and how people get interested in this kind of stuff. So, um, so let's talk about your your journey to hey, I, I would like to run for DSA leadership. Tyler, can I can I come to you to kind of kick us off here? Um, Y'all ran as a ticket, right? Do you run as a as a as a pair? So how how did that come together? Yeah, so Mariah and I met each other over the summer, and we were actually we because we're both in the dual degree MED program MBA, um, and we were a pair we were uh, in a uh, we had a group project together and so we got to know each other there and we have just kind of stayed connected um she was aware that i was interested in running for dsa and others had suggested that she too should run and funny enough she was already someone on my mind who i was considering reaching out to anyway and so we just kind of had a conversation and we discovered as we already kind of knew that we aligned in, in many of the same areas and had a lot of the same goals. And so we decided to ultimately pursue a ticket together. And 
um, it's been awesome so far, right? Continuing to get to know Mariah, but um, you know, I see her as a friend and as a sister. And so now being able to do this together is, is, is been great so far. So Mariah, I trust that y'all had a platform. You said, this is, if you elect Tyler and Mariah, this is what you can expect. What, what were some of the key elements to your platform? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us is thinking about individual students and, and the diversity that we see in our community, um, wanting every student to feel seen, heard, supported, and valued, and whether that be in the academic space or in the career preparation space or in the social space. Um, that's really what mattered to both of us a lot. And so, we, you know, we have a lot of ideas, we really, but at the same time, we also know that it, it takes a village. It's not just me and Tyler and our, our great ideas that can change this, but it's really a, a culture of listening and understanding and working with other students, whether it be second years or first years, um, to really create that space for each other. And that, that's been kind of a common thread as we've got, gone through a lot of different conversations and meetings is this idea to, to really include and support every single student here on ground grounds. And Tyler, as I'm listening to Mariah share that, it feels like that was a lot of also what Demario and, and Jen were about. Um, when I caught up with them fresh off their election victory, uh, they were also talking about the importance of belonging and inclusion and really wanting to make sure that all students had that feeling uh, as they navigated Darden and the Darden community. Um, so do you feel like you're picking up the torch from them, maybe building upon some of their work? Most definitely. One, I should say that I absolutely love both Jen and Demario. I so serve with Jen currently on the program advisory board for the full-time MBA program, and she is a phenomenal leader and, and just a great supporter of all people. And Demario is a boss all day long, um, and he's actually one of the reasons why I even seen this as an option for me, to be able to see a Black queer man in this position at this school in this time told me that I too could do it. And so um, in having conversations with them, you know, we were able to see very quickly that we aligned in many of the same things and, you know, being able to hear about the progress that they made, we wanted to really pick that up and, and take it a step further. And so um, that brought us to ultimately deciding to run and um, super excited to, like Mariah said, ensure that every student feels like they belong and feel included. You know, for me, I mentioned earlier in, in, our, in our chat that I did research um, studying stereotyping and prejudice, and I specifically looked at the experiences of underrepresented students and low-income students compared to their peers and um, how, that, how stereotypes about their various identities might impact their sense of belonging and, as a result, impact their academic performance. And so research suggests that when students feel like they belong and when they feel, feel like they're included, both from an academic, social, and professional standpoint, they do much better, they have better experiences and having worked in admissions and worked in higher education, then I know that when they leave here, they speak highly of the program, they get more people to come and then eventually they give. And so it's a cycle that really benefits everyone. That's such a good point because uh, as I've worked in higher education for almost 15 years or so, and a lot of that work has been in admissions and admissions work is ultimately about the student experience. It's ultimately about how students feel supported and connected and empowered while they're in the program because prospective students are going to talk to the current students. And if the current students and the alumni don't ultimately have great things to say about the program, it's going to be very hard uh, to recruit uh, students, particularly, um, I think, particularly for students who are coming from backgrounds that may not have been traditionally represented in these spaces and, you know, may feel a little bit out of their element or a lot out of their element as they navigate an MBA program or another kind of graduate program. So it's, it's particularly important um, to think about everyone 
as you're as you're building these kind of inclusive communities. Um, and house people's experience can differ. And so um, one of the things that I do want to know, you mentioned Demario, I rarely remember exactly what people were wearing when they do these podcast interviews, but I can tell you Demario was wearing a sweatshirt that said Detroit against everybody. And uh, I that felt like, about right. <laughs> you know, I was just so vivid in my mind. Of course, he's very passionate about Detroit. Um, and if, if to our listeners, if you haven't heard that conversation, um, it's such a good um, compliment to this one. And uh, Demario and Jen uh, had such passion, uh, like you're hearing from Tyler and Mariah, and I uh, would really recommend that, that conversation to you. Um, so, all right. What do you have planned? I know it's early days um, and you probably feel a little overwhelmed right now, um, but um, Tyler, what, what do you have in mind as you look ahead? What are some of the things that you're, that you're thinking about uh, implementing? Yeah, definitely. So one of the areas that we really wanna work on is um, finding more support and more effective support for um, students, particularly students from non-traditional, non-business backgrounds, and show, ensuring that they have all the resources they need to be competent in the classroom and be successful in the classroom, um, but also along the lines of the academic experience, finding ways for students to have deep dialogue that's beyond the surface level. Um, to me and, and to Mariah, it's really important that students from the majority voice, from the minority voice, feel like they can speak up in class and feel like they can share their perspectives, even if it's something that not everyone agrees with. And so how do we create a space where people feel safe to do that um, and that people can still leave as friends and as colleagues, et cetera. And then from the professional side of things, it's really important to us that we um, work with the Career Services Office to one, ensure that the career support is um, inclusive, right? There are some students who recruit for some things that are not as popular. And so we wanna make sure that they have all the resources they need to be successful. Um, and we also want to make sure that our international colleagues have an abundance of opportunities as well. And then finally, kind of from a social standpoint, it's important to us kind of along the lines of this deep conversations, really diving deep, getting to know people, finding ways early on for people from different backgrounds to meet one another and also finding ways to challenge students to get out of their comfort zones and not just hang with the people that it's easy to hang with or not just talk with the people who think like you, um, because you know, we believe that we can be the, the world changers. And we believe that when we engage across difference, um, things are better because of it. We make better decisions as leaders, organizations are better as a result. And as a result, the world is a better place. And so um, we see this as just a small way to make a difference at Darden, but hopefully that, that difference will then transition and translate into the leaders of Darden leading other spaces and being the difference there. I love so much of what you just shared. And I, I particularly like the thinking around how do you get people like out of their bubble, out of their comfort zones, not just interacting with people who may be like them or from a similar background. Cause uh, you know, I think we can really fall into that trap socially. Right. And um, it's so interesting to think about how the DSA, um, these kind of clubs and organizations, this, you know, student leadership can, can have an impact there. Um, Mariah, would you like to share anything in, in, as a compliment or addition to what Tyler just shared? Yeah, no, I, some of the pointed ways we were hoping to implement stuff like this, particularly around the social opportunities to interact with people differently than you is working with the clubs. We have, we have so many really amazing tradition events here at Darden. We have really big galas and balls and, and cold call events, um, which is like Thursday night after class, we all get together and have some food and drinks. And in addition to these large scale events that are super fun and really enjoyable, we want to make sure there's 
plenty of opportunities to connect on more personal levels. So whether that be a small group dinner, um, either through existing clubs or through other organizations, we have other clubs at Darden that are focused solely on this human um, small group interaction. And really, as, as we give people opportunities to get to know people one-on-one, that, that's the space where you can find that you, you may have more in common with someone than you think. And that, and that builds that foundation for understanding and listening. All right. Well, we're going to have to have you come back on the podcast to fill us in on how, how some of this is going. Uh, it's important work. So uh, last question here for you. I know you got a lot to look forward to and you have a lot uh, to come in the summer months and beyond as you lead the DSA in the coming academic year. Um, what would be your advice uh, for our prospective student listeners, some, some of whom may just be learning about DART and other, others maybe be well along that, that journey and actually maybe even matriculate? Uh, this August. Mariah, what would what would you share with our listeners? Um, I would say that don't don't be afraid to try something new. Uh, for me coming in, I'd never run for any kind of student body leadership position before. Election-based leadership has never been, been my thing personally. Um, but I luckily it was surrounded myself with friends that supported me and encouraged me to do something new. And it's 100%. I'm so glad that I did. And so whether that be choosing to go to school or choosing to come to Darden, um, taking that risk on doing something that might be new for me has, has been more than worth it. I love that. Love that advice. Um, and, you know, to put you, not be afraid to put yourself out there and take, take some risks. And I'm amazed by the number of people that I've talked to here on the podcast that have taken on a leadership role for whom this is like maybe a novel thing for them. They've never done this before. And maybe this is part of why they came to Darden. Uh, just knowing that UVA has this tradition of student self-governance and students play this really large role in shaping uh, curricula- extracurricular life and life, life on grounds. All right, Tyler, piece of advice, something you'd share uh, with our listeners here? Yeah. Um- Two things. One, don't be afraid to bring your authentic self in every space that you're in because the world needs you. I've spent so much of my life hiding parts of me and being afraid to just embrace my background and embrace who I am. And I will say that I've become so much more successful and I have such great greater impact when I embrace my full self. And so I encourage you to find who you are and embrace yourself as well. And, and secondarily, I would say Um, challenge yourself to get out of your bubble, Um, you know, meet people. And we've talked about this a bunch, but meet people who don't look like you, who don't think like you and really challenge yourself and, and find ways to kind of build up that empathy. Um, It's, it's really hard to have empathy for things that you don't understand or things that you've never seen, but when you can put yourself in people's shoes and when you can know people, you know, in tough situations, you just have a better, uh, a, a sense of care and love. And so I would say branch out. Well, Tyler, Mariah, this has been such a pleasure talking with you and, and thank you for sharing so much with our listeners here. It's always, always great to learn more about the people who are in this amazing community and um, excited for what you have planned uh, with the DSA in the coming academic year. We'll, we'll definitely have you back on, on the show. So um, have a great weekend. Um, thank you again and congratulations. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And that was my interview with Tyler Kelly and Mariah Horner, the recently elected Darden Student Association President and Executive Vice President. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D A R D E N, at Virginia 
www.ghanaunivers.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.